The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Erin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and general shenanigans. It is February 25th, and this is our 67th podcast, which we are absolutely sure about because we just looked it up. Literally just now. Because apparently I made Marin question her life. Which is all of my life and all of my choices. Not the first time this has happened on this podcast. No, that's actually accurate. <laughs> Especially like last two weeks ago. Which I do want to apologize because I was totally like, oh man, we're on to this recording schedule. And we completely missed a week. Completely. We just like fell off my radar entirely. But now I have a Google alert. I did said, I did I, I told you when you told me that we missed it I was like yeah you told me you were like doing it next week and I thought we'd like I thought I'd forgotten that we discussed it so I was like yeah sure next week uh-huh <laughs> whatever it's fine telling time whatever. is overrated it's fine telling time is overrated <laughs> yeah good. yeah who needs I mean to be quite honest time is an invention of man so you know what the fuck ever an agent of the patriarchy. Her it is! First. <laughs> it is! I'm with the teens! Fuck the patriarchy! <laughs> God, yes. I was just talking about that. I love this teenage... Like, it's full-on, like... It's like teenage rebellion, but one that you actually can get behind. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Stick it to the men, Generation Z. Stick it to the man. Be strong in ways that we just were not. Yeah, very proud of y'all. So, do we want to talk about people we're not particularly proud of right now? Are those people the Dallas Stars? They are! Yeah, we can talk about how we're not proud of the Dallas Stars and everything that they failed to do in the last couple of weeks. Let's do it! So, last podcast, we were really, really happy with everything that had been going on. The Stars making some bold choices in what we talked about. Yeah, there was a lot going on last time. And then literally, literally while we were recording, they lost like five fucking one to the Canucks. One of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. At home. That uh, accurately, accurately is what happened. And things haven't gotten a whole lot stronger since then. No. A bad game against the Sharks. Followed off by an okay game against the Ducks, but they lost anyway. Followed off by a win at LA, which I will always take a win at LA because fuck the Kings. I was recapping that win in LA. I know. I I enjoyed your recap greatly. Uh, (laughs) And then they came home and faced the Winnipeg Jets and uh, got destroyed. Just just full on got destroyed. And the thing is, it had such a strong start. Because Pitlick scored first in, like, the first, I don't know, I wasn't watching, but it was pretty early in the game. Yeah, I mean, so, and I mean, honestly, like, through the first period, like, the Stars were the better team for, by the stats. And and I will admit I wasn't watching either because I was busy doing things. And, um, because um, that was an early game. It was, like, 5, eight, five o'clock here. Six here and I was hanging out with my family it was my niece's first birthday yesterday yay so I got to watch her cake smash and then we all had dinner and yeah it was 
She really liked the books I got her. It's pretty fucking cute. Oh, I love that. I love babies. Yeah. They're so cute. Babies are the best. Especially um, related to you. <laughs> yeah, I've been hanging out with them. Go suck eggs. I'm just kidding. I love all babies. <laughs> uh, oh, something's going on with your mic, hun. Uh, that's because I just pulled cellophane off of some post-its. Oh, well, that would do it. Yeah, fine. I, I just, it was bugging me. It was right there in front of me. And I was like, no, that cellophane needs to be gone. <laughs> and, then I, and then apparently it made a lot of noise. Yeah. And screw our listeners. Cellophane. Just like the babies. <laughs> I'm in a weird mood today, y'all. It's okay. I just, I just opened. I've got so much stuff in front of me because we've been cleaning. And I had these like. Cards Against Humanity, like, uh, special packs that I got for Christmas, like, a Christmas ago, that I just opened up. (laughs) I I don't even, I don't even want to read that out loud, but I'm I'm really horrified by what I just read on this card. Erin, you realize you have to read it out loud. (laughs) I don't know if I can say it. Okay. Moses gargling Jesus's balls while Shiva and the Buddha penetrate his divine handles. <laughs> oh my god! Well, at least we're earning our explicit rating today. <laughs> we're just really going for it. We, we are the, the Dallas stars, fancy stats, and dick jokes. Come on. It's like a black, a black card that you can play with that is because they are forbidden from masturbating, Mormons channel their repressed sexual energy into. <laughs> oh my god. I feel like God is going to strike me dead where I'm sitting right now. <laughs> That's I mean, what you get for believing in God. <laughs> obviously. You know what else I get? Not playing video games for the entirety of Lent. Uh, yeah, I don't have to do that. Granted, I don't play video games anyway, but... I mean, on it, technically, like, my religious tradition doesn't do Lent observations either. Technically. But occasionally, when I'm feeling the need to deprive myself of something in order to uh, start focusing on shit I should have been focusing on anyway, which I use video games to completely ignore, uh, I blame it on Lent. So, <laughs> kind of, you know. I mean, whatever works, right? I mean, I guess it's it's for self-betterment, right? I'll tell you that, like, since stopping playing video games, I have actually, like, dreamed more. And I really don't want to think about what that means for the quality of sleep I've been getting when I've been playing video games. Like, it's not like I'm playing till midnight. I have an alarm that goes off at 10 and I get in bed. And I'm not going to bed any earlier. There's something about watching, like, sitting in front of a TV screen that apparently has been fucking with my sleep patterns. Dude, no, that's a thing. Like, you're not supposed to be on your laptop or on, like, anything with a screen um, before you go, as you're getting ready for bed, because any of those, um, that send, that kind of light, uh, I think it's like a white LED light, sends signals to your brain that it's daytime. Well, how early am I supposed to stop? Um, I think it's like an hour, hour before you get ready for bed. But you can read, you can Google it. I don't know off the top of my head. But it's a real thing. It's a real, real thing. I knew that was a real thing, but I mean, like, my alarm goes off, and then I get ready for bed, and then I read, and, like, by the time I've, like, actually falling asleep, it's been about an hour, so. 
then I don't know. I got nothing. I don't know. Either way, either way, like, my life has been a little bit better without them, except that I'm just, like, going going through the stages of withdrawal where I'm like, oh, that's, they're all I think about right now. Like, you got the video game shakes? I have the video game shakes. It's, a, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I'm just like, oh, God. I just want to play some Dragon Age. It's like a rumble pack has been installed in my body. I forget all the buttons. <laughs> So you know who has forgotten all the buttons? The St. Louis Blues. Hey, the Dallas Stars. <laughs> no, so and we were we were just talking about this right before we hit record on the podcast. The Dallas Stars, I mean, as much as we're bitching, we're bitching because they're in a really good division and they need to be winning more than six out of ten games. And they're better than they've been playing recently. That's the thing that continues to frustrate me is that, like, they have everything it takes to be a team that wins every night. Mm-hmm. I mean, every night, but at least more than four, like, one out of the last four games. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's the thing that's frustrating to me is that I know that they are better. I don't know why they keep, like, getting in their own fucking way. Mm-hmm. I think, and I'm about to agree with Ken Hitchcock here, so mark it. Oh, God. Um, no, his last quote after the Winnipeg game, what, one of his quotes was, the Dallas Stars are doing everything they need to do, just too slow. Yeah. And I think that's actually really what it is, is because, like, they had a bad, they had a good first period, and again, by the numbers, because I didn't watch, and I was about to turn it on in the second period, but then Winnipeg scored three unanswered goals, and I was like, uh, you know what, no, fuck that. I have better things I to do with my time. I love little came out to do this to me. Exactly. And so, uh, but Winnipeg scored five goals in that st- second period. Chase Kari-Lettinen. I'm sorry. They scored five goals in the second period? Yeah. And then in the third period, Dallas came back and scored two more. So the event final score doesn't look as bad as the game actually was. The final score was 5-2. No, the final score is 5-3. I'm fact-checking you right now. You can keep talking. I'm literally looking at it right now. It is 5-3. Okay. <laughs> still fact checking right now because I want to look at it. This this uh, Pitlick scored in the first, and then the second um, Sagan and Rajulov scored. Okay. The score looks better than the game was because you should never ever fucking allow five fucking goals in the second period. But I think it shows. I think it really does speak to the fact that like Dallas can play good hockey. Like we know they can play good hockey. We know they can dominate periods. We know they can dominate shots, um, and we know they can score. But Right now, it does feel like they're kind of playing a little bit in molasses. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a Ken Hitchcock problem. I'm Like, for once in my life, I'm going to be like, no, I don't think this is a Ken Hitchcock is coaching poorly kind of situation. I mean, his lines were really fucked up. Really uh, weird. That, can we talk about that for a second? Because the stars got shut out by Anaheim, right? Mm-hmm. Shut out by Anaheim. And they start the game in LA with the exact same lines well I think that does speak to the fact that like the game in Anaheim felt a little more fluky because again if you look at it they were productive lines they just didn't score like they got the shots they they should have they got the the dangerous areas they should okay, have but you didn't win games that way Carolyn well, you technically usually do win games that way. <laughs> win games by not scoring is what I meant. No, but you do typically score more if you do the right things. That's the whole well, point of doing the right things. Teams that aren't the stars do, sure. I mean, the stars have been doing the right things and winning. Like, I mean, on on the whole, we actually are a fancy stat success story this season. 
we have the good numbers and good points, which are supposed to line up. They don't always, but 70% of the time they line up. And, and so anyway, I, my point is that I agree with Ken Hitchcock. I think that it's, it's a player thing right now. Like, I feel like they're in like some sort of, like February is the worst month. Can we all agree on that? Like just in general. I thought it was supposed to be March. For me, it's always been a February. Like February has always been like the asshole month to me. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's like pissed that it doesn't got shortchanged on days or something. But I feel like the Dallas Stars are definitely in like the February doldrums along with me and a lot of the country. Um, okay. Sure, I guess you can say that, but I don't know. I'm I'm just really frustrated with our play over the last couple like if we're talking about being a team that wants to win a cup this year or next year, the way that we've been playing over the last week is not not good enough. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, and so like I understand what you're saying that in the general like over the course of the season we're fine. Um I mean, I don't we haven't been winning 70% of the time, but we're fine. But like the fact that like we have been taken to task by teams that are not the best in the league or that's what we're going to be playing in the playoffs, like to me, the, the what's been happening is just not acceptable. Like, there's no, the, there, there's no way we win a cup like this. No, and I, and I'm not. I don't mean to say that. I mean to say I definitely am talking like as a from October through January. That's that we, we're a fancy stat success story. Like we dipped and we lost a bit, and then we got back up to where we needed to be, and we started winning again. And then now we're not playing well. We're not playing well, and we're losing. And I think that. So I think as a longer term picture we are pretty pretty well aligned with where our stats end up being so i think yeah i mean i think we're agreeing here i don't know if we are or not i can't tell <laughs> it's all good i mean we're about 500 in the winning category we're at 56% of the game like winning winning 56% of our games but like so i mean obviously that's a positive but I would say we've been about 60% the better team. Like, game on game on game by game basis. I would say 60% of our games we've been the better team. Because there was a big stretch there in, like, late October, early November, where we weren't good. Yeah, no, I remember that time very well. I've been continuing to write recaps for Defending a Big D throughout all of these times. Um, so even when I'm not watching the games with great regularity, I'm still dipping in enough that I know that shit son we're not we're just not doing very well but um yeah I mean I don't know I guess I'm just if I hadn't been forced to watch like three out of the last four games like because I had to recap for them like I might feel a little bit better about stuff but right now I'm just like no this is just shitty hockey like it's just you're just sucking right now like yeah and this is not the time to start sucking mm-mm no. And I agree. I agree totally. Totally there. So I went ahead and pulled up February's stats. Um, so we have played 11 games in February. And uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five of them are well under 50% Corsi at, five, at a five on five. Like well under. So, I mean, I think there's definitely, like, something to be said here in that, da like, Dallas just, like, has not played good hockey mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. month. It is absolutely, like, not a good month for us. Mm -mm. My, my good old eyeball test could have told you that, but I'm glad that there are fantasy stats to back it up. Yeah, exactly. But that's my point. Like, 
most of the time the stats line up with what we've been doing. Right. That's like my entire point is that like the stats aren't telling a different story than the eye test. The stats are telling the same story. <laughs> huh. Um. So yeah, I mean, at least we're not the Blues, right? We're still in. We're still yeah. in top wild yeah. card spot. Yes. We have not actually dropped out of a playoff position. Thank the dear Lord Jeebus. And honestly, right now, I would almost rather be in the top wild card spot and play Vegas than play Winnipeg. Ooh. Have yeah. we won against Vegas this year? Actually, no, we'd be playing Nashville, which I think I'd be okay with, too. I don't know. Nashville's Wait, scary. Wait, if we got to the bottom, we'd be playing Vegas. Right, that's what I was saying. I was saying, uh, I'm, I corrected myself. Oh, oh, I think <laughs> we'd be playing Nashville. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right now we'd be playing Nashville if things, like, this is the end of the year, what it looks like. Uh, Maybe we should lose one, a couple more games and play Vegas. I don't know. Vegas scares me. Vegas eh, scares me, but also doesn't scare me that much. I mean, part of the reason that Vegas is so high in point totals is that they get to beat up on the Pacific. They get to play the Canucks five times. They get to play, I mean, I guess four times now because they have eight teams. They get to play the Oilers four times. They get to play, you know, these other teams that aren't great four times. Sure, but the last time that we played them, which was just in December, they spanked us for the exact same point total that we had last night against the Jets. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying they're not a good team. We have lost two. So I'm just saying, I don't know that I want to play them either. Is there a different option that I can take? What right now, so right now our only options are Nashville, going up a spot and playing Winnipeg, or going down a spot and playing Vegas. Those are our only options. Like, it's no, we don't have good options here. No. This is not, like, it's just going to be a, a battle in the first round. Like, it's going to happen. Can we go to the East? I would fucking love to go to the East. In fact, I was just looking at this. Uh, so all three, all of the six teams in like the top six or whatever, uh-huh. uh, Washington, Philly, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Boston all have positive goal differentials. And then literally everybody else in the East has a negative goal differential, including the two wildcard teams. That is just, this, I don't, I mean, like, I understand why they changed the playoff, like, the way that the playoffs work i get it but at the same time i'm like this just feels like one division is being punished severely for being better yeah yeah well and i think uh and this is gonna kind of brings me to my next topic i think the other issue is the trade deadline and you can really start seeing some teams load up and in fact so the very next thing i have on our little list of topics is the trade deadline and the two big trades we've seen go down so far have all been both out east so you can definitely see pittsburgh trying to load up by adding derek Brass- derek Brass- it is derek Brassard. it is derek like, Brassard, yeah wait i'm like but he spells his name funky so i'm second guessing myself and oh, then yeah. rick nash to boston and uh the other person the big the big question mark obviously is eric carlson whether or not eric carlson is going to get dealt by the tra- tra- trade deadline. uh that's story that somebody was spreading about the uber driver was hilarious i laughed so hard i didn't hear that no oh it's not true it's not true oh okay but there, but there was this somebody was spreading this story on twitter about um 
Oh, fuck. What is the name of the GM of the Senators? Uh, uh, Dorian. Pierre Dorian. Dorian. Talking about Dorian going down to the... Um, Oh, after, when they were losing one day, going down to the locker room and, like, talking to the guys during intermission and, like, at, like at how it devolved into a screaming match with Eric Carlson about, like, having to pay a $300 Uber fare over Christmas. And, like, there was this whole story and they were like, and then they haven't talked since. And the funniest thing about it is that, like, no, there it wasn't really necessarily, I guess it wasn't obvious to some people that it was a joke. And it was getting retweeted by, like, sports journalists oh no i know i was like oh god you guys how can you not tell that's a joke yeah well because it sounds like well because the other thing that's not a joke for real not a joke is that uh dorian is talking about like locker room like uh, somebody was saying like it's like dorian moved on from a couple of guys because they weren't uh they basically like weren't respecting his authority and there was, like, a really bad team meeting where people just, like, didn't listen to him talk, like, turned up the music or something like that. Like, that's not a joke. That's a thing oh, that yeah, happened. Sure, sure, sure. And so, like, I mean, so with that, and then somebody say, like, there was a screaming match and now they're not talking. Well, like, ah, you can kind a of that. $100 Uber fare, though. Come on. I, I mean, yes, but at the same time, like, eh. Come on. It is not the most incredible made-up thing I have ever heard, right? Like, that's it's within the realm of believability. Especially if they were already pissed off at each other. Uh, I did not think it was in the realm of believability, but, you know, to each their own, I guess. Well, so I bring up Eric Carlson, not just because I want to talk about Eric Carlson, like I always want to talk about Eric Carlson, but apparently Nashville is now in the running to get Eric Carlson. Oh, God. Right? That was my exact reaction. I was like, nope! <laughs> no! Do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I actually heard, and this is kind of like, cannot be confirmed, but I heard that the Jets were in on Derek Broussard. And part of the reason that Vegas... And I mean, so... The Derek Broussard deal was a really complicated one, and it ended up being a three-way trade. And the only thing that went back to Vegas, who ended up being the third team in that trade... Uh, was Ryan Reeves and a fourth round pick. And they basically took half of, or part of Derek Broussard's salary off of Pittsburgh's hands to get him into the East, as opposed to having him out there that like the Jets could maybe trade for him. But the Jets are looking, actively looking to get somebody who can help beef up their already fucking scary forward core. And so now I'm like looking at this team, like looking at our team, who I do think is a good team. But then I'm also thinking, holy fuck, Nashville Predators with both Eric Carlson and PK Subban. Yeah, no, that would we would we would I be would, crushed, crushed. Yeah, let's just hand them the cup right now. Again, I would not be upset in that scenario if PK Subban and Eric Carlson won a cup on the same fucking team. In a non-traditional market. Like, don't get me wrong. I'd rather it be us. But, I, I mean, I just... That's a fucking crazy roster. Like, that I is. just can't even think about it. I can't even think about it. Like, it does not comprehend. Compute? Yeah, I can't comprehend. I cannot compute. It's too much for my little human puny brain. <laughs> Any 
is there have there anybody any been any surprises for you so far in the trade deadline? I mean, I was kind of surprised with uh, Vegas's involvement in that trade because first of all, I didn't really understand it, and second of all, I didn't really think Broussard was that much of a threat that Vegas would take half of his salary and Ryan fucking Reeves just to keep him out of the West. I didn't really, I was like, I don't remember Broussard being like Sidney Crosby levels of no, not here. Yeah. And well, I mean, he's doing, he's going to be great for Pittsburgh because they're going to play him as a three C and he's a legitimate two to one C. Yeah. You know, for, for, for Pittsburgh, it makes a whole lot of sense, but it sure. wouldn't make no. sense That's in what some I'm saying. Places, I don't understand sure. Vegas's involvement in that trade. Yeah, no. I totally, I think it was a McPhee reactionary thing, and I think he's really not a very good GM, frankly. Yeah, no, that's kind of He's boring. getting so much credit for Vegas's success, and Vegas has had a lot of success, but for me, the pe- person who's really masterminding that is Gerard Gallant. Like, he's gotten that team to work together in ways they shouldn't. Yeah. And then, of course, Flurry has been really good when he's, since he's been healthy again. Yeah. That helps a lot. Remember that time that Vegas's Twitter account disrespected Marc-Andre Flurry and, like, never heard the end of it? No, I don't. I mean, I don't Oh, my God, that. you don't? I don't remember. I'm uh, sure it happened. They actually deleted the tweet, but, like, <gasps> they tweeted out something to the effect of, like, um, and, like, and talking about their win streak, and they were, like, and and, and that's without Marc-Andre, or, like, something like, and people said we wouldn't win without Marc-Andre Fleury or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, like, a blatant disrespect of Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I, I I would need to look at it again, and I have no idea where to find that tweet since it's been deleted. Um, I can try to Google it. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. I mean, maybe you can't. Maybe do it for the supplemental materials. But I, I'm good. I'm good. But like, so I actually. Uh, I mean, people should know what I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my dad is really cute. So my dad actually subscribes to Sports Illustrated, like full on the magazine. And every once in a while, when there's an NHL article, he'll cut it out and send it to me. Nice. And uh, so I've actually got on my fridge right now, because I think it's just a great photo shoot, uh, the one that Alex Pruitt did, and it's um, all the Elvis impersonators, and then Marc-Andre Fleury in his goalie gear, and then more Elvis impersonators. It's pretty nice. <laughs> I just think that's such a great concept. And of course, I love Alex Pruitt's work, so hanging on the fridge right now. Nice. Okay, so we've talked about it a little bit already in talking about the stars. Uh, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to rephrase this next question a little bit. Who do you see coming out of the East in the playoffs? Like if you're going, we know kind of like if, if, if it was set from today, who do you think would come out of the East? Who do you think is going to be going to the Stanley Cup final? Oh, God. I don't watch the East. I honestly have no no clue. Um, you know what? I think it would be fun. I feel like it's got to be Tampa Bay, though. But Boston's gotten added a lot. I know. I know. Huh. I mean, I see Tampa Bay over Columbus, no problem, right? Like, right. We're looking yeah. Right now. I do think, you know what could be fun, though? Is if New Jersey upsets Washington. And that I don't would, That would be amazing. And I could I could conceivably see uh, see that happening. Like I'm not like 
Although some stats dude was talking about the fact, I can't remember who it was. Um, it might have been Dimitri, was talking about um, with uh, the addition of the other, the second piece that went to Boston with Rick Nash, that it actually, like, detracted from Rick Nash enough that it made their their chance of winning in the playoffs go down. Oh, Dom. That was Dom. Dom, I couldn't remember who it was. Yeah, no, I mean, they, their names almost looked the same. Uh, Dim and yeah. Dom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so I agree with Micah, actually. So Micah has a, the opposite take on that. In that it does move the needle up, but it doesn't move the needle up like a million points. It just moves it up. Right. Um, Rick Nash is a much better five-on-five player than Ryan Spooner um, because he actually gets... um, So Ryan Spooner gets extremely favorable deployment. And while he's done very well in favorable deployment, don't get me wrong, because I'm never that person. um, And he could probably use like... He could probably survive in better, you know, more equitable deployment. Um, he has only put up those results so far this season in very, very favorable deployment. So, like, easy zone starts, you know, less competition despite less team, you know, and still fairly strong teammates. Um, whereas Rick Nash has not had that stuff and put up just as be- better, actually, results. The big difference between the two is that Rick Nash is pretty useless on the power play and Ryan Spooner has been really helpful to the Bruins on the power play. So... It- it kind of depends. Like, I mean, 80% of the game is played at 5-on-5, five five, so in my opinion, I think they got the better player. I kind of side with Mike on this. Um, but there is definitely a debate about that. And a lot of people are saying it's a huge overpay, but at first and foremost, they got rid of Matt Bolesky's contract, which I think was a huge anchor, and now they don't have to deal with it. And I think that's going to be more important to them going forward, because as of the summer, they won't have Rick Nash's giant contract or Matt Bolesky's giant, well, the 50% of Matt Bolesky's giant contract. So they'll have a ton more cap space this summer than they did prior. And I think for the Bruins, who are pretty cap-strapped, that's going to be really, really important, probably more important than they even think now. And that's why it was so expensive, such an expensive trade. Cool. (laughs) I don't know. I don't really have much to say to that. Uh, like I said, I don't watch the East, so like uh, all of these people you're talking about, I'm like I know their names. So yeah, I don't know. My thing, like I have, I'm having a really hard time. Just I think, yeah, I mean, I guess it's got to be Tampa Bay, right? It's got to be Tampa Bay. I don't. I, looking at that list, I don't see how it's not Tampa Bay. But I mean, who knows? I've been surprised before. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean. Pittsburgh won twice. It's not like in we haven't a been row. Jesus. Right? It's not like we haven't been surprised before. Who yeah. did you have coming out of the West? Oh, God. I mean... Because as much as I want to say, like, oh, man, Winnipeg is doing really well, I can't, I can't even... I can't do that. I can't say Winnipeg. I can't. I just don't know why, but I can't. So the homer in me is like the stars. <laughs> right, obviously. <laughs> but if we're not picking the stars, I mean, I feel like Nashville... I don't I don't think it's going to be Vegas for all that they're, like, top of the league right now. I just don't... I just don't see it. Me neither. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's probably going to be Nashville. Yeah, especially if they get fucking Carlson. Right. Fuck, because that's the other thing. The other team that's in the running for fucking Eric Carlson is Tampa Bay. Oh, shit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Tampa Bay wins everything. Fuck. <laughs> Again, oh, not, like, God. Just it. I like bow Tampa down Bay. to our overlords now. Like, Whatever. Uh, <sighs> it's coming. It's happening. It's coming. Do you want to do happy things? Yeah, let's do happy things. Are we already there? We're already there. 
Fucking cool. Okay, do you want to go first or second? Uh, I don't care. I have I I have had a interesting week in that it was very much I slept most of it. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, you can go first then. Sure. Uh, so I think my happy thing is that after screwing up my courage and actually like going out and signing up for a thing, I went to my first D&D session since college on Tuesday. And it was really fun. Cool. And I've got uh, a very pretty set of purple. Where you got sick. (laughs) I'm fairly confident that is where I got sick. Yeah, definitely bringing some more like hand sanitizer next time, maybe a face mask. Um, I mean, apparently they are still the unwashed masses playing D&D. You know, they didn't smell bad, but... I'm just kidding. It was a joke because I also <laughs> play D&D, so I wasn't obviously calling out. <laughs> no, this is a very D&D friendly podcast. Yeah. Um, obviously. <laughs> obviously. So. Yeah, no, it was my first, uh, first time playing since college, and I had a level one wizard with seven hit points, and I did not die. And, uh... That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I leveled up, so this time I will have 12 hit points going in, which will be a lot nicer. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think you'll enjoy 5th um, edition. Um, yeah, that's what I'm playing. 4th edition so far, if I, if I've, I've, this is the first and only edition I've played, but like, um, from what I can tell, just listening to the Adventure Zone versus like what I'm doing every week, like what I'm doing every week is such a fucking slog. Like you come across an encounter and you're like kind of stuck doing the shit that you can do based on your ability cards and like there's not really a lot of room for or maybe this is just my dm maybe he like i you know maybe my dm just doesn't have as much imagination as i think he does but like there's not really a lot of room for being creative or like talking out problems instead of just like fucking fighting things so I mean, from what I understand, fifth edition definitely part of the reason they made fifth edition was to get that get that back into the game yeah. and to make things a little bit simpler. I, that's though what I, I remember reading about it too. So yeah, and though I will say the adventure zone is like a really like Griffin is so like involved in his story. Like I love the adventure zone, but he definitely lets like his brothers do whatever they want to. <laughs> time that they're doing it they're also very conscious that they're doing a podcast and so like yeah, yeah. they get away with shit that they would that like if they were just playing in their own houses and nobody was watching them probably wouldn't work yeah um, no. but like definitely... I mean, I mean, they're, they're very conscious of the fact that people are listening to this as a podcast so they try to keep it interesting and not yeah. stupid so that's a huge wreck if anybody wants to listen to a really fun, involved storytelling podcast. The Adventure Zone is fucking hilarious. Oh, I love it. I, like, I listen to it at work, and uh, I have several times now been asked what I'm listening to because I am laughing so fucking hard. So, yeah. It's so good. It is so, so it's good. Hysterical. Uh but if, actually, if you're at Critical Role, the one I was talking about last time on the podcast, is actually, I think, a more accurate representation of 5th edition D&D roleplay. Yeah. I still uh, haven't started into it, because each, uh, I mean, like... It's, I mean, it's a, it's a lot. A dollar, a dollar uh, an hour, and uh, Critical Role is, like, three, I think. I'm yeah, just, usually, it's, it's usually three hours. It's around two and a half to three. Like, the last... Commit to, it, like... Even at work when I'm sitting for a while, it's too much for me to commit to. No, it's a lot. But yeah, so I'm really excited. I'm going back again on Tuesday, and uh, 
my character is not just a it's it, well now she's a level two she's a level two lawful good necromancer who just really oh, wants to be a necromancer <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious yeah I, i'm leaning in i'm doing it for the bit i'm doing it for the bit I'm- and i she doesn't like she doesn't swear she goes like oh cinnamon and stuff like that she just really wants to bake. And so, like, I made this whole, like, baking backstory because I was like, all right, I'm going to, like, I've never played, I haven't played D&D in years and years and years. So I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to play my strength, at least in my backstory, right? I can bake. I can come up with facts off the top of my head anytime I need to about the baking. It came in handy. What? I got an advantage roll for having a fucking baking background because the literal story we walked into was this group, I, the group of monks trying to like influence people to stop eating by this weird breath control thing. And like we had to go like find this person at this cafe. And so I got an advantage roll on knowing shit about the cafe because of my baking background. That's hilarious. It, I was like, this has never happened to me before in my life. <laughs> I've never had advantage <laughs> because of my baking background. <laughs> Who would think that? And my arcane focus is a rolling pin. <laughs> nice. Nice. So yes, I was, that's my happy thing. I'm very no, excited about it. That's a good happy thing. Um, so I have, I guess I, all of my happy things involve babies. My one, my really good friend from college just had a baby on Friday, and one of the reasons I was slightly late um, coming to this here podcast uh, is because I was actually, like, I got to meet him for the first time and got to hold him, and it's so fun seeing your friends become parents, um, and uh, it's also funny because this is... This, Almost makes her sound like a terrible person, but she has never wanted kids in her entire life, ever. And, like, 12 months into dating David, and the only reason I'm telling you this story is because I just heard it today, and it was hilarious. Uh, 12, like, 12 months into dating David, her husband, she um, she told him, so, you know, if, if, if something happens and I accidentally get pregnant or something, I mean, like, I know that we, we've gone far enough into it that I, I feel like you should be part of the decision. It's not just a my body, my choice kind of thing. So I just want you to know that, like, if you do choose to, like, you know, want this baby uh, and we ever break up, it's your baby. Like, I will be the weekend parent if you will have this baby, like, the rest of the time. Uh, And you will be the single parent because I'm not doing it. And I was just sitting there listening to them talk about this. And they were both, like, laughing about it. And I was like, any other person, I would be like, God, this is what a horrifying story. But, like, because of them, I was like, this is deeply deeply hilarious that they already (laughs) had a contingency plan for what happens should they have a baby and then break up but Candace is like nope I am the weekend parent I will not be taking care of this child (laughs) well I'm glad that they're on the same page that's important communication is important in your relationship but like listening to him tell the story he was kind of like uh she started telling me this and I was like damn we've been dating for like a 12 months like I'm not ready to have kids (laughs) Again, it's just like I didn't say I was ready to have kids. I said I said if it something happens and we have one, it's yours. And he was like, "Okay, fine." (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god! It was hilarious. So that is one of my anyway. Not that particular story, but like the rest of it, I was like, "No, they're they're so precious." Like it's funny because she has said her entire life that she never wanted to have a kid but now she has a kid she's just like I, she's two days into being a mom and she's like 
oh, like, my baby, and, like, talking about how precious and perfect he is, and I'm just, this is what I've wanted for you, <laughs> because uh, the entire nine months that she's been pregnant and kind of, like, bitching about being pregnant, and I was like, I really hope that <laughs> by the time the kid actually pops out, you're a little more excited about it, and she was, so it was perfect. <laughs> Yay! Yay! No, it was just really cute. Like, she was, she was so funny. Um, so, yeah, that is one of my happy things. My other happy thing is that my niece just, my... Number seven, uh, Nibbling, just turned one. So we had her little party yesterday, and she was so cute, kept smashing her cake um, and all of that. She's just started, like, she within the last month or so started crawling, but now she's actually, like, standing on her own sometimes but and, like, walking around holding on to only one hand of the person walking her around. Um, but, like, not actually trying to walk on her own just yet. But, man, she's just precious and adorable and I love her. Yay! Yeah, so my two happy things are baby related but there you go. And fuck all the other babies. As fuck all the early. other babies. Those two babies are cool. Those are the fuck all the other babies. babies. Yeah, well I mean show me your baby and I'll tell you if I think it's cute. <laughs> this is not a ploy to get you to send me cute baby photos at all. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see earlier this week where I put, like, somebody was talking about, like, never worry if you, like, never ask yourself, should you send me, like, should you send me a dog photo? Just send me the fucking dog photo. There will never be a time where I'm like, no, that's too many dog photos. And so I retweeted that, and I was like, yes, this, but also with, like, your cats and your children. So, like, yeah. this whole week, people have been sending me pictures of their dogs, their cats, and their children, and I was like, yes! More! Send me this more! This is the best timeline! Yeah. <laughs> so, it's been great. It's been a good week. <laughs> good. I'm very glad for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, reader questions. Yay! Okay, you should start, because I, I went ahead and did the I actually the have work. to go back over to the Google Doc. Okay. Uh, okay. And burp. So, excuse me. Driving Girl asks, is Bishop generally better at home? Is Kari generally better away? So I actually did pre-work for the podcast, you know, a new rarity these days, uh, to pull some stats for us. So I pulled home, home and away splits. And one thing I do want to, like, really, really emphasize here is that Kari Lettinen has only played eight games at home. So his... That's 260 even strength minutes, and these are all even strength stats. Um, and so that's not a particularly good sample. Um, most of the time, we don't really even like to see direction for goalies under 500 minutes, and you don't typically get um, a good sample until you hit 1,000 minutes for goalies. And that's when you can be pretty uh, confident in your results. But if we're talking home... Um, both goalies are actually really, really comparable. So as far as just straight save percentage at five on five is concerned, uh, Bishop is a slightly better at 9.5 versus Lettinen's 9.2. Um, and the really, but um, Bishop has got a way better goal saved above average, um, which is uh, kind of like looks at um, his save percentage versus uh, versus what the average NHL goaltender does. So they're both positive. Um, Kari Lettinen's is a 0.6. So he's still like, he's about average at home uh -huh. compared to the rest of the NHL at home. 
but Bishop is at 6.1. So in goal saved above average at home, yes, I would say Bishop is probably a little bit better, but Kari Lettinen has done a really, really good job at home also. And this is after factoring in his uh, disastrous performance against Winnipeg yesterday. So those stats are already in here. Wow. Um, and if we, but if we look at away, um, Kari has almost the exact same, has 14 games and Bishop has 18. So their time on ice is a lot closer. Um, and both are over 500 minutes. So a little bit more um, uh, uh, trustworthy here. Kari is far stronger in save percentage at 9.5, 93.5, sorry. And Bishop is sitting at a really rough 90, 90.1. Just for context, your average save percentage, um, this year might be a little bit wonky, but your average save percentage at five on five is about 92, 92.5, 92.5. Um, I think this year it's closer to 92. So knowing that, then they're both very strong at home, but Lettinen has been much stronger on the road. And you can definitely see that again in the goal saved against average, whereas Lettinen is still sitting at about one, so 1.2. At home, he was at 0.6, but Bishop is at negative 8.7, so he is well below average on the road. Yikes. And the big difference here, and this is really shocking, really, really shocking. So in um, when you're putting together like a scoring chance kind of chart, there's like a reverse scoring chance chart for goalies, right? Like, so if you've got high sh danger shot areas, then goalies also have high danger save areas right mm. at home bishop is saving on the high danger area 91.5 percent of those shots which is really high the average yeah. is about 88 letton is also saving about 90.5 percent of those shots at home but when you get to away they drop drastically bishop is saving only 75 percent of high danger shots away and Lettinen is only saving 81% of high danger shots away. So wh wh why? Why? What is different here? I have no idea. I have a feeling it probably has a lot to do with our defensive structure. Um, I can't see any other reason why. I can't. I, there, this does not give me a cause. It just shows me what's happening. Yeah, no, I know. Well, I, I understand. I understand that. It's I know, but I'm just saying, like, I, I don't have anything... Why? I'm just my theory is my theory would have to be the defense is different away. Like I mean that's the only thing that makes sense yeah. to me. Is that we have to away be doing a much poorer job of of clearing the crease because that's basically what that high danger area is is right that's around dangerous. the net. Because I don't see because the other thing is like looking at like his low danger save percentage drops a bit. Uh -huh. But Kari's is right about the same. And their medium danger save percentages are actually better. But their high is so bad, and that's the reason that we're having such a rough time winning away. Yeah. And so, I don't know. And because it's not like they're different people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they didn't suddenly from one game to the next change their goalie style. Mm -hmm. And bad games happen. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. Road teams are less likely to win regardless and do sure. typically have lower save percentages on, you know, away than home. But this is a huge, huge drastic drop. And so I would be really, I haven't I pulled any extra data, but I would be really interested to see if it's similar for other goalies. Like that's that delta. Or if this is just a stars thing. Because if it's just a stars thing, I would assume that it's because our, our defense, like, doesn't do as great of a job on the road. Gotcha. 
Okay, I will go into the other dock, get away from the Excel for a minute. <laughs> uh, Jen asked, how great was women's Olympic hockey? 100% ride or die for U.S. women's national team. Uh, it was great. I did not actually stay up for that game, but I recorded it and watched it afterwards. Um, so I woke up, by the time I watched it, I already knew that the women's, like, the U.S. women's had won, but, like, shit, that was an amazing game. <laughs> and that fucking, like, the one, the, the one, um, shootout shot that every, like, they were uh. freaking showing everywhere. Lamoureux shoot. God, that was so good. <laughs> I've watched it at least 20 times. Oh, me too. At I just watched least. it in a loop. I honestly, I was like, I, it took me, it took me like 20 times watching it to really, truly understand what exactly had happened there. I was like. It was so good. God, that, it was, it was so good. I really honestly felt bad for Zav. I was like, God, that, oh, for the Canadian goalie, I felt so bad for her because I was just like, that's. That's rough. That is rough. To be yeah. undressed in that fashion is rough. Oops. I did it again. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, that was that was a great game. Like I thank God, thank God the women brought their game to the like to, to the Olympics because the men's hockey for on for the Canadians and the Americans anyway was kind of like okay. That's cool, I guess. I am so, uh, just kind of a little bit off topic, I'm so excited for Germany and their silver medals. I know. Germany! Yeah, no, Germany, I, I, I wish they had gotten gold because they got all the way there and then I stayed up to watch the last, like, you know, the overtime period anyway. Mm-hmm. And as soon as fucking Russia scored, I turned it off because I was like, I am not watching Voinov get a medal put around his neck, like, fucking... Ugh. I forgot he was even there, but yes, same. Yeah. No, Germany, I mean, but I'm so proud of them. Like, I did not see that coming. Yeah. I did not see that coming at all. Like, what a cool, what a cool story. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I really, I'm really, I really hope somebody makes a movie about the U.S. women's national team's fight for equal pay. Yeah. I mean, it's such an inspiring tale, and then to have this end with, like, gold at Worlds and then gold at the Olympics after, like, having, like, that potentially all taken away from them just so that they could stand up for themselves. Yeah. I I mean, I just love them so much. Yes, 100% ride or die women's national team. I'm so, I love them so much. I was so sick. I didn't, I only watched the first period of that game live, and then... I, I I literally almost fell asleep during the game, and I thought well, I was like, the fact that it well it started an hour earlier for you, but like man, the fact that it started that late, I was like, I love you guys. I cannot. I've got to work tomorrow. Like, I just can't. Well, I mean, I would have stayed up, but I couldn't. I that's how I knew I was sick. I was like, all right, I give in. I give up. I'm sick. This is not. Yeah. Not happening for me. Yeah. Uh, Jen also asks. Any trade you were hoping to see that hasn't happened yet? Eric Carlson to the Dallas Stars. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad about it. Who would? Oh, Mary's laughing. I'm just going. If only. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, I. Who would you? Who would you give up to get Eric Carlson? Who wouldn't I give up to get Eric Carlson? Greg Pattern. I'd totally throw him under the bus. I mean, like, like yeah, you can have Pattern. Uh, you can have... They never would. 
But I would throw him under the bus in a second. You can have Richie. Oh, you can have him for sure. You Ellie, can even. have Ellie. You can have... I, I mean, I th- what you want? I what you want? I've got a pig. What do you have? A pig? You can have handsome <laughs> salary on somebody. I don't know. Just give us, just give us Eric Carlson. When you said pick, I definitely heard pig, and I was like, sure, we'll throw that in too. <laughs> Get some brisket like going. Sauce? Like, I don't know. Just take whatever. We'll go stand in line at Franklin's for you right now. <laughs> I'll be in line at Franklin's for you. Come on, let's do this. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like anybody, they should uh, try it. I mean, see if it works, right? It can't hurt. Nope. Can't hurt at all. Uh, yeah, what about you? Uh, I don't know. I want something, like, fucking crazy to go down. Like, there's been a lot of, like, okay, sure, whatever. Crazy. Hmm? I said that three-way trade was pretty crazy. That was good. That just definitely, like... But that just, like, whetted my appetite. I was like, more Team Chaos. I mean, I really need Chiarelli to do something just to, you know, solidify. Yes. Like... Right? I am actually a little upset. Like, uh, Pontus Oberg, who you and I got to see play once uh, with the Mount Milwaukee Admirals, and I've really liked his game since. Uh, he just got traded from the Predators to the Oilers. And I'm really sad about it. It's going to ruin him. Yeah. They're gonna fuck him up. Yeah, because that's Cause where that's where and hopes go to die. Pretty much. Somebody on the somebody on Twitter. Oilers fans are the most man. Uh, somebody on Twitter was like, I said that like I was like oh because I could totally see the Oilers doing well with somebody who has problem with consistency. And he was like, "What do you mean by that?" I was like, "What the fuck? Of, how 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 is what don't I mean that like?" <laughs> I'm like first and foremost, it's the Oilers. Yeah, and we have seen what has happened. Like, I mean, there is a repeatable set of facts in history. Like, it's here in front of us. It is not. <laughs> this is not a divine like mystery, and we're like interpreting symbols. And <laughs> wait a minute, I have to slaughter a pig and read its entrails. That's how I did say pig. <laughs> We have to slaughter this pick and read his entrails. God. <laughs> Sorry, kid. Them's the breaks. <laughs> it's literally where the first round picks go to die. <laughs> God, this took a dark turn. <laughs> dark turn. But I make no apologies. You knew what you signed up for. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I feel like yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I just want more. I want more. I think I think Carlson is the one I'm waiting for too. I want to. Ha- I want it to happen. I mean, it's gonna happen. It's really just a question of where where he goes. And I just want it to be somewhere that's just absolutely banana pants, like the, some dark horse we never saw even in the running. I just don't think that's gonna happen. No, oh, I know it's fucking... not, but I really want it to. I hate Pierre Dorian. He's such a bad GM. Okay. Okay. I don't want to go into it, but he's such a bad GM. <sighs> he might be the worst GM in the league now at this point. I don't know. We'll do the, we'll, we'll, Chris and I are going to redo our GM rankings in late April, May again. And I don't know. Pierre Dorian is pretty on the bottom for me right now. Gotta be bad to get worse than, uh, Chiarelli. Why did this, what are you even opening? Okay. Sorry. Uh, okay. So, Oh, geez. 
Datnix would like an Animal Crossing update from you. I will say I have played a lot less Animal Crossing lately because I was playing it kind of like before work is like my easy way to wake up. And now I've been writing before work. So like I get up at five and I try to bang out as many words as I can. And it's usually around like 800 words. But then I have to like literally like get dressed and go to work. So I haven't been playing a lot as much at Animal Crossing. But uh, I have set up my pocket, my little campsite as uh, like a little spa area. There's like a massage table and like a reflecting pool and a bunch of Zen trees and stuff. It's cute. I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> uh, Andrew L.A. asked, please describe the appropriate level of shenanigans for each commissioned officer rank in the army, i.e. what would lieutenant colonel shenanigans be like? Well, I mean, if we're talking about the actual army, I feel like the shenanigans get less as you go up because then the like consequences for your shenanigans get to be a lot greater. Like, Does that mean, like you can get shit, you can get away with shit as a private that you cannot get oh, away yeah, with chokes. as a general is all I'm saying. So chokes. like I feel like private level shenanigans are actually like the greatest level of shenanigans where we're talking about like sneaking off base dressed as a lady to go to a bar where like general level of shenanigans is like let me lock a door and like talk dirty to somebody. <laughs> I mean like <laughs> what? I don't know. It was literally the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> I'm feeling kicky today. I'm going to use red ink on this report. <laughs> no, because that will actually get you kicked out of the military. You cannot use red ink on reports. It is blue or black, and that is it. Also, you fill that shit out in triplicate if you know what's good for you. Uh, my dad was in the military for 26 years, so... <laughs> Um, I know for sure that he did not get away with shit all as a lieutenant, uh, no, as a colonel. Yeah, the the highest rank he achieved was colonel. Um, but he could have been a general. He just didn't want to be a general, so he kept refusing being promoted. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> he was like, I only fill shit out and duplicate right now. I know what you're trying to get me to do <laughs> as a general. One of those things where it was kind of like he he knew that the jobs that they would want him to do as a general were not jobs he wanted to do. Uh, and so he left the army, actually, and is now seeing patience, which is all he wanted to do in his life. And, like, the further he got promoted up the chain, the less he got to actually see patience. And, mm. like, the more administrative bullshit he was required to do. And he was like, no, I don't want to do administrative bullshit. I want to play with children that have problems. So, like, that is... I mean, that that's pretty true of a lot of jobs, <laughs> like, honestly. Absolutely. I took... I didn't take a pay cut, but when I left the bookstore after being a manager there... Um, and I and I got my job where I am now. They kind of asked me. They were like, uh, "We see you're a manager at your job, and I don't know if like what the pay is like, but you're not going to be in a supervisory position." And I was like, "I don't know how to express to you that is literally not what like exactly what I'm looking for without making it sound like I really hate responsibility." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Like this is fine. <laughs> like. I do. No, not. I just really wanted to be able to do some hands-on work. <laughs> I want to have a thought and just let it die right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so yeah. 
Uh, okay. Uh, Andrew had another question for us. Uh, when will Dallas decide to move on from some of its defensive prospects, and who will they be? God, never. Never. They hang on to everybody. <laughs> I mean, I mean do you notice how long it fucking took them to get rid of fucking Jamie Alexiak? <sighs> um, uh, who are their... Who are their prospects right now? Yeah, I, like, honestly, I don't even know anymore. Um, Hetherington is still is down in the AHL now again. Um, and I think the other guy that we really had, like, our eye on was um, Gavin Bayreuther. Well, he's, and I those, mean, he hasn't even had an opportunity to play yet, has he? Like, No, not at the NHL level. I think those are, like, the only two prospects they actually even care about at the moment. Yeah, because they're not doing anything with any of the rest of these dudes. No. I mean, honestly, like, I could see some pretty heavy AHL turnover next year. Um, just because I th- I think, like, the pool isn't great right now. No. I mean, there's definitely so some veterans. That this pool, and it's actually pretty sad. I mean, yeah, like, and, but I think Hetherington did pretty good in the games that he played up here. I don't think that he was somebody that we need to write off. No, and I don't think Bayreuther is somebody to write off either. I think he's still, like, young enough that we're like, yeah, get yourself some experience. Yeah. So, oh, my God. He's a literal infant. <laughs> How old is he? Uh, I, I don't know. I just looked at his picture, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I feel like I just birthed you just now. Um, hang on just a second. Let me look it up. Uh, for some stupid reason, the... Um, roster on their website doesn't actually have uh, their age. So he was... Oh, actually, he's a little older than I thought he was. Uh, Well, I knew he went to college first. Okay, yeah. So I knew he went to college, so I didn't know... Like, I I, I don't know. Um, So I looked up Hetherington on Hockey Viz. Yeah? Uh, He had four games. Five games, sorry. Five games, it looks like. His first two games were really positive in shot metrics, and his last three games were really negative in shot metrics. Um, But it's five games, so I don't really want to actually say anything about it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the smallest possible sample size. And I don't know if there's a place for us to actually look at um, like AHL stats. I mean, there's only like there's not like shot metrics. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, so there's not really anything that we can... Um, I mean, I don't know why they would move on from Gavin Bayreuther or Dylan Hetherington just yet. Um, so... Now, that said, if they were included in a trade for Eric Carlson, would I be upset? No! no. Not at all. No. 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 Mm-mm. Okay. Excuse me. Alex Russo, uh, has anybody tried just asking Bergevin if we can have Max for free? I don't know, but we're willing to throw in some Franklins. Some Franklins? Barbecue. Oh, God. I thought you were talking about, like, you know, like, Benjamins. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what fucking currency is this? Put those right, like, at the bottom of the sauce container. It's like you have to eat it all before you get your bribe. Nobody calls them Franklins. They're Benjamins, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be another one of your... I just came in off of, like, a boat from, like outer space i don't know how to use language oh god uh i'm too white i'm too white i call them franklins what Uh, i said i'm too white i call them franklins (laughs) they're just franklins 
that's hysterical. Um, <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm, that's, a, that's a, like an I'm a cool mom quote. Benny's for benefits. And I was like, mom, mom, you are 56 goddamn years old. You cannot term, use the term Benny's, okay? <sighs> anyway. Uh, has anybody tried asking? I don't, I mean, probably? <laughs> uh, excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Bergevin. Because I know you listen to this podcast. I know. Can Max do. come and play? <laughs> Can Max come over and play? Can Max come over and play? What would you be willing to give up for, Ma- for Max Patchy Ready? Um... Probably the same kind of prospects I'd be willing to give up for Eric Carlson, but not as high of picks. Mm-hmm. Because I think because I think our prospect pool at this point, like all of our really good ones, are we're not going to give up regardless. And so it'd be a guys like Richie or Ellie or whatever. And I'm okay with parting with any of those for that quality of player. Plus, getting rid of one of them would open up a wing or spot, which is great and what we would want for Patchy Ready and. Um, but I think I don't think if I I don't know if I would give up like the first round pick right. for Max Pacchi already, especially knowing fucking how hard our fucking path in the playoffs is going to be. I don't know if I would. I really like the pack that you're making it a hard C. Pacchi ready. Yeah, you said Pacchi ready just now. Oh uh, well, you know me. Whatever. I- Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. No, yeah, cool. Good thoughts. Uh, and that is all of our reader questions. So I did want to uh, let everybody know that Vancouver Hockey Analytics Conference is going down next weekend. And if you're in the Vancouver area, it, tickets are, I think, only $50 Canadian. It's two days of conference, like, talks and shit. And I will be there. I won't be talking, but I will uh, be happy to hang out with other people and talk about hockey. And it's going to be a really good time. So you can't have that good of a time because I won't be there. Okay, fair enough. It would be way better if Marin was there. Obviously. But there are going to be great people like Micah Blake McCurdy uh, talking about some really, really cool stuff. And I'm super fucking stoked for it, and you should be too. Oh, excuse me. And if you're going to be in the area, you should come on down. And if you're not going to be in the area, don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it is in Vancouver. Yeah, I'm not going to be in that area. It's a long ways away. Did you have anything you wanted to talk about, Marin? <laughs> I didn't know you were done yet or not. Um, yes. So I have my my best friend uh, in the entire world is a teacher, a second grade teacher in um, Michigan. And um, obviously has some thoughts about, you know, Everything that's gone down in the, in the last couple of weeks and the fact that they're now, call, like, seriously, even the president, you know, if he, if we can call him a president, uh, even the president now is talking about, like, arming teachers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and she's very, obviously very much opposed and is um, wanting to arm her children with kindness, caring, and compassion instead. And has written a um, grant for donors to... Um, donate to her classroom library uh, to um, try to get some uh, just some books that kind of like 
help kids help teach kids or give kids examples of ways to be more inclusive and more compassionate and um, just kind of broaden their uh, experiences and all that kind of stuff especially since she's in a very rural area um, and these kids I mean like they don't really they don't have a lot of access to a lot of cultures other than their own at this point in time Um, and I don't know how much their parents at home are trying to broaden their horizons either so um she's really wanting to get some stuff that is kind of gonna kind of give them more of a worldview and less of a you know southwestern corner of michigan view so uh i had i linked this in my uh on my twitter um last night and this i mean again this afternoon she's actually already raised two hundred dollars um she's still looking for um she, so her total goal was 506. She still needs 291. There have been 10 people that have donated so far, which is awesome. Like, she did not even... Like, the, people started donating even before the thing opened because you can d- donate to a to the uh, Donors cho- Choose project before um, it actually gets reviewed by the Donors Choose, like, team or whatever. So um, she actually had a bunch of donors even before... Um, this went live so i mean it's it's if you have the opportunity if you have you know the money that it would be it would be going to a really good cause um because she is uh, a really good person and has really good students and um is wanting to help make a difference and yeah we'll link that also when we put up the podcast on um the website so you'll be able to find that donors choose link right there and yeah so again uh, you might actually remember Tess as a Penguins fan on the musical episode. So, you know she's good people. She is and... very good people. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, this is uh, Deep in the Heart of Hockey. You can find me, Carolyn, at Classlicity on Twitter. You can find me, uh, Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Deep Heart Hockey. And you can email us longer questions or comments or anything at deepharthockey at gmail.com. You can also find our Tumblr at deepharthockey.tumblr.com and our official blog at deepharthockey.wordpress.com. Bye! Bye!